What? What? <laughs> Why so excited? <laughs> You've already spent a hundred minutes with me today. And me frantic because so many people, I had so many people on the Sunday show that, uh, that I was, I was kind of a little manic and I forgot one of my punchlines of a joke that I haven't worked on in weeks. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was, uh, it was a pity. It that burns. Was, that was a fun show and, uh, I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, your new I, mask, uh, bit is outstanding. It's better. It's getting there. I worked on it a little bit with my private show with Patreon and I realized um, what I love about your show, besides the fact that you get people is that there's uh, other comics on it. And I was the only comic in the Patreon thing that I just threw together at the last second. And I felt really weird and uncomfortable, <laughs> a little self-conscious. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very much so. So, uh, so yeah, I was like, yeah, that's how anyway, hence the openers. Sure. Hence yeah. having other people come on and do some time. Hence, it's hence gotten the business a li- of stand-up comedy. <laughs> right. And I have to tell you, it's got a little out of hand. I think it was seven today. It might've been it was six. A lot. Yeah. But it, it, they, everyone was fun to watch. It was, you know, everyone's doing quickies and people had different takes on stuff. So yeah, there was, there was some, there was some, it was, uh, it was definitely, everybody kept it pretty tight, which was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And Baron has a Baron's chunk about his dad is like it's uh it's a hurt laugh which they're so hard to write and pull off and I love him, you know. He is that I saw when he first was working on that and it is just it's crystal now. It is it's It is and it's, it's it's um so much of it is just getting used to uh, talking about whatever that situation is, a death or an abandonment without the emotion being in it. And it yeah. takes a long time to remove it from your voice and from your manner because yeah. you actually have to remove it from your actual self somehow in therapy <laughs> or journaling or whatever. So when someone yeah. when someone gets through that process, a comic, and that now they're talking about this really painful thing, but they're able to do it so effortlessly in all appearances. It's, it's really something to behold. Right. Because you don't, because you want to let the emotion stay, you, you know, you don't want to come off as super cold or super dead inside. You know, when you talk about your dad and yeah. him for the first time and stuff yeah. like that, I mean, yeah. you do, when you talk about your mom, you want to feel that. You want to have that come out as yeah. I want, I'm mocking yeah, you openly. I, okay. Well, it's just like the amount of distance you need to be removed from a subject, right? Whereas, yeah. like a, a date goes bad, you need you don't need you need like maybe one second and you you recovered, right? That real tragedy plus time. But then when yeah. it's something bigger, of course, you need a little bit longer. You you need a little bit more practice talking. That's why when, like whenever someone's talking about a breakup, like the first month, you don't, you don't want to see that chunk. (laughs) (laughs) You just get through, you just get through the first month and then, then I'll, I'll step in the room when you start talking about your ex, but the, yeah. Yeah. People need time to just de-escalate their own bodies, I guess. 
Right. Yeah. That's why the, the, on the, on my last, on the hero album, the genocide bit, I had only done it six times. Wow. And so I am genuinely still emotional in it. Yeah. Which, you know, is fine if it's rec- like, I even have a recording of the first time I did it, which I uh, was opening for Maria at a theater in San Francisco. And, um, when do you remember which theater? No, that's okay. interesting that that's what you wanted to ask me about. Well, cause San Francisco, I just wanted the full picture. I figured I know, I'd been I know you do. Okay. It's uh, I don't know. I, it was, it probably seated, uh, 1200 to 2000. Okay. So, and I'm sure there's plenty of theaters, uh, that big in, in San Francisco, but it was interesting because it was, it was literally like, it was, so I recorded the album six weeks after the election, the show with in San Francisco with Maria must have been a week and a half or a week after the election. Wow. And so I was sitting in the back and Maria traditionally asks before a show, what do you want to get out out of the show? What do you want? What, what do you want to, what do you want to work on? What do you want? Is there any goals? What do you got? Anything? Uh, and it's usually my answer is fun or work <laughs> on the new stuff, you know, this type of thing. And I literally, I was a little choked up and I go, I would like to be of use. <laughs> and so she said, you know, that story you told about your grandmother was really funny today. The genocide story. And I was like, you're kidding. And I was like, but she's not kidding. When, whenever she, whenever she sort of challenges me or anyone, I assume, uh, to talk about something that's real. Mm-hmm. And so I went out and I was like, and I knew it was going to either be amazing and I could never remember it again. Or it was going to be horrible and I was never going to remember it again. And so in any case, so I recorded it on my phone. And then it ended up on the on the album. And it's an amazing bit, but it is, it was too emotional for me to do the work to get rid of it. Because I thought that there was some power in the emotion too. Yeah, I mean, yes, but as long as you're in control of it and it's not sneaking up on you, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, there's, there's that line between it being real and it being manufactured that I fucking loathe and I've done it myself, you know, not much, but I mean, I'm sure I'm capable of it, but I don't like when the emotion is manufactured as you can. Yeah. I mean, there's this, you could still acknowledge the emotion, but it, but have the distance, like, don't worry, this is not a tidal wave that's going to knock me down. Yes. Yes. You don't want to. Did you ever hear that story? Did I ever tell you that story that I heard about John Edwards and John Kerry? Okay, no. so um, John Edwards, uh, his son, his son was killed. He's 14 years old. And it's a separate story. The fact that they, he and Elizabeth lost their son was one of the reasons she went on hormone treatment so she could have more kids or she might have caused the breast cancer she died from. Okay, separate story. So, uh, so his son, his 16-year-old Wade, has died. And, um, and it's part of his political story, right. As being a coal miner's son, all that kind of stuff. And John Edwards is picking him to be vice president, right. Uh, for his, his, uh, his, his running mate. And he, he tells John Kerry a story about seeing Wade's body, his son's body. And, and then he says, I've, and I've never told that to anyone before. And Apparently, he had told that story to John Kerry before. <laughs> like, whoa. 
that see no comedian is as psychopathic as a politician when it comes to using your own stories. At least we're trying to get laughs. <laughs> right. You know? At least the process ends up with us making you laugh at something that might have hurt your yeah. feelings or whatever one time, as opposed to, I would like to be vice president of the United States. Yeah. We're not trying and... to make you vote for us. We just want a, a laugh <laughs> and a good comment on the comment card. That's the vote we want people. <laughs> That is it. So Maria accidentally posted the Zoom link on her Twitter feed when she came to do the show today. Right. And it's a private link. And it's a private link because that's why I that's why I have people send me a couple of bucks in Venmo. Mm -hmm. It just, you know, it's that whole thing where you don't want to paper the room entirely. Right, right, right. You just want you want some effort on their part, which means that they want to be there. So she posted on the link. So instead of like 60 people there's 110 112 <laughs> yeah that's a lot so an extra 50 people come and i'm getting like this parade of things on my phone and so when people come in late i send them the link and i'm like you the show started but you can still come and um until until i get, go up and so maria's like i accidentally put the public link which triggered someone to become essentially a troll. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, no. So it was someone yelled. And then I was like, what? How do we have a troll? And then Maria admitted that she had accidentally posted it publicly. That's well, that someone, someone screamed. It was more of a, of a help. I've fallen scream. But then <laughs> I, I hope that was a troll. And we didn't actually lose an audience member during the show. No. And then, and, and then, and then I think that they got into it a little bit and then they shut up for the whole show, enjoyed the show to my knowledge. And then everyone was unmuted and they yelled again. And then we saw who it was. And well, did we? Or did, 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 I don't, maybe Andy sure got it wrong. I have no idea. A name popped up. Cause usually it's, if a no, someone makes a sound in that, in the, in the way you had the zoom set up at that point, uh, the speaker, the, yeah, the, the person who made the noise that who spoke or whatever would come to four. And so right after someone yelled like shit fuck cunt or something, then a name popped up and I think we all assumed that was the troll, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't. And that would have been weird because it was a Patreon person. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I was like, why would they have paid to come and yell these words when they could just, of course, yell them at us anytime? Uh, they've already paid for it. <laughs> But if, if Patreons do want to swear at us, we will create a tier. And <laughs> you, Finally, If you tiers. pay 25 a month, we will come on and you can yell at us. You can yell at us. You can try to make us do more work. That would be that <laughs> tier as well. is Because uh, there's been a couple of people who've asked me to do a couple of things that I don't know how to do. And uh, I'm so sorry. I don't want to learn. Uh, oh, I'm right. often sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I yeah, don't this know. isn't our living so far. Like we're kind of covering our, our expenses and, you know, making a little bit of extra money on the side, but it's not, you know, there are comics where their Patreon is their living and they're doing podcasts almost every day or a couple days a week and a couple hours a day. And it's, it's become a sep- completely separate profession from crafting jokes. I mean, it just uh, every time you talk, speak off the top of your head, you are in danger. 
right? <laughs> of, uh, of talking, you know, it's like when you say something on stage, you're, you're trying a joke or whatever, and then it go, your mouth keeps going and you're like, Oh, I'm not going to repeat this one. Uh, you know, but, but on a podcast, it's recorded forever. And then I think, I think that can be confused with your act, which is yep. the thing that you hone and care for and you don't, uh, release until you feel like each joke is mostly done, you know? Right. And then you make an album or right. you do a special that you mm-hmm. have curated yes. <laughs> with the, with the, but it did it coming out of your face. Correct. Um, as opposed to podcasts where, as we can see right here. Right. And it, it, it uh, <laughs> but it, it, it does feel like podcasting is, uh, perhaps going to be harming standup because, uh, people on a podcast, wh- what you're hearing on a podcast is not what you're going to get on stage. And it's all starting to blur together. And someone's podcast, you know, uh, persona isn't necessarily what they do on stage or what, I don't know. It just, it seems, it seems a little, uh, it's uh, going to water down. Uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm See, I don't know. I, ta- if I had fucking five minutes to write this shit out, I'd know what I was saying. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking about. But it's, it, you right. know, uh, I think a lot of comics that, that are decent, you know, the more you podcast, uh, the more we find out how hard you work on your act. Because <laughs> your act, you want a podcast is no prize. <laughs> oh, I do love that. Um, yeah. How hard. And, um, I have to say that we did a show on Christmas yeah. day. It was, yeah. uh, essentially someone said, Hey, it's, it's my fella's birthday. Would you, it's his birthday on Christmas day. Mary Magdalene <laughs> gave us a call. She said, it's my fella's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> we will pay you if you want to do uh, a set. And then they invited 30 of their closest friends mm-hmm. and we each did 20 minutes Yeah, and it was super fun. It was fun. And it was, uh, this happens to me all the time when I'm doing any sort of non, uh, club set where you're, you look at your jokes and you're like, yeah, these are fine. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then you start telling it, you're like, Oh, I forgot how this, this one ends. Maybe you don't do abortion (laughs) jokes on someone's birthday show. I don't know. Because their grandparents are in the audience, but right. in my head, it's, it's a clean joke and it, it, it doesn't, it's not called abortion joke. It's called something else. And, and uh, <laughs> right, that's, you didn't, that wasn't the track title. So. <laughs> so I was doing a lot of like, uh, uh, just pulling up at the last second, you know, and breaking and oh, uh, yeah, there was down the, a little bit. I mean, there was literally nosedive, nosedive. And then <laughs> you could just feel like your, your foot's on the dashboard, pulling on the joystick, yeah, like, like wait, crazy. Oh, this one ends in porn. What am I doing? What am I doing? <laughs> oh my God. I didn't do my cock ring joke. That's, that was my only, I figured. It's they, their loss. That was their <laughs> loss. But I feel like, uh, I do feel like in, in this case, they knew exactly what they were getting, but I did slow my role as far as any sort of language. Right. And, and, uh, and, and a couple of times I paused before just dropping an F bomb for no reason. Um, which was kind of nice actually to, yeah, you know, it, I also, but, you know the, 
people get invited to these things. Like it's one thing if, you know, if everyone shows up at a comedy club, like you walked it through the door. This is half your fault. Yeah. If you're, if you're offended, you are a 50% participant. You <laughs> bought the ticket, you walked downstairs, you came into the room. Okay. So, and then other times it's like people are just invited to a birthday party and, um, it's maybe a lot more than they anticipated, you know? Right. Right. And I did see some parents and I saw yeah. some babies. Was some there, babies. were there children or am I thinking I of a different gig? I think you're thinking of a different gig. Okay. Are you doing a New Year's gig? I thought you said you were doing a New Year's gig. I am. I'm doing KO comedy. Uh, I think we might be doing it not right at, around New Year's Eve, but that, that night, but I'm not sure of the time. I think they may have changed it, but check out KO comedy or I'll be tweeting about it. You know, you know me. You know, you know, Lori, Lori will mm-hmm. be tweeting about it. And then I think I'm doing a show too, but I think it's private. So mm. oh, sad, too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, um, and then the only other, th- the other exciting thing that happened and was it Christmas Eve that it happened? It might've been that one of our listeners <laughs> dropped off a couple of gifts for us with the yeah. greatest note in the world that said, I don't have Lori's address and it felt weird to look for it. <laughs> everyone, uh, everyone maintain that uh, stance, please. I it felt incredibly sane and funny at the same time. Well done. <laughs> and I swear to God, it was Allison. I thought I had the right email address, but we thanked somebody, the incorrect person. Yeah. So uh, we you have the note it. though, right? You have the note. I do. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, we'll, uh, I'm willing to do some, some snooping into it and finding the correct person because they're beautifully made. Not they masks. are. The masks are really nice. They're double, they're double ply, I guess. And they have the little, um, metal that, that make so you can mold it to your nose. So those little COVIDs can't sneak in and <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty. And they came in a little hand sewn baggie. The whole, the whole presentation was beautiful was outstanding. It was, yeah. Uh, Andy liked his, uh, there was one with skeletons, uh, on, on one of them that, uh, was double-sided that looked like it was for Halloween, wow. uh, which of course means we might be wearing masks next October, but, uh, I don't think so. You know what? I will wear masks on a plane probably for the rest of my life now. And definitely in an airport, it's actually a little less safe in an airport cause they don't have the same kind of ventilation, but yet the, uh, yeah, it would never occurred to me before, you know. Right, right. Uh, right. It just wasn't never. part of. Uh, but now I'm now. You know, there's no vaccine against uh, the graphic of aerosols leaving somebody's mouth, mm-hmm. and uh, I'll never get that out of my head. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right, that graphic now part of part of the slides slideshow. Yes. A couple of comics on the show tonight uh, on the show this afternoon. Very funny young women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was the one about, uh, uh about her dream and, and, and get, speaking of tears, mm-hmm. she wanted to, to do the premium for her dreams. Did you hear that one? No, huh? I, I think I was, was frantically there. working on my act once I realized I had to follow Baron and Maria. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't coast on this one. Thanks, Cation. <laughs> right. Well, you were the one who said Baron could go before you. Oh, he had to leave. Doesn't he have a, he has multiple tiny children? Yes, he has several tiny children. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was Mary Lynn was like, she oh, literally yeah. sent me $5 <laughs> to come just watch the show. And I said, did you? What are you doing? 
Uh, and, uh, cause I mean, I've, I've literally known her for 23 years. Wow. <laughs> she could ask for a comp is what I'm saying. Yeah. And, um, so the, so I said, did you want a couple of minutes? Cause that, it felt like sort of a, Hey, you know, I, and I was like, and she said, yeah, yeah. I'd love a couple of minutes. <laughs> she's not made of stone. Of course she wanted a couple of minutes. So it was her. And then it was, uh, Deb Tahara. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And did I get that? Am I saying the name of the person I booked correctly? I think so. And then, uh, and then Dan Mills, and then uh, Diana Hong, and then Maria, you, and Baron. <laughs> so there was a lot of guesties. Yeah. But the audience was literally going nuts in the chat room and on, like, they were like, the hell is with this? And my Venmo blew up. So Maria's error actually led to... Uh, uh, some more money. So I bank error in your favor. I sent everybody a couple more bucks just to spread the wealth a little bit sure. more. Thank you. And, um, but there was so much activity. Venmo locked my Venmo account for like a half an hour. So to figure out what the were hell people not allowed to donate or were the donations just not given to you? No, I think, uh, they, lo- it was after the show was over and I wasn't allowed to bump everybody and another some more oh, money and then i wasn't allowed to trans because as soon as i wasn't allowed to do that i was like well can i transfer all this money to my bank account and uh, <laughs> i could not uh but i have since because it unlocked uh, i sent the money to everybody and then sent it all over but that was dumb do you like i like to keep a couple of bucks in my venmo like to keep it in the Venmo. Uh, I've been doling it out. Uh, yeah, this guy named Yasher Ali, he's a uh, journalist. He, yeah. he had a, he put, I mean, other people do this too. They just say, you know, if you need money, put up your Venmo, your cash app or whatever. I'm in the cash app. I don't do that. Um, maybe I should. I just haven't gotten right into it. Uh, so, you know, you just start scrolling through and, and start, you know, just sending out a little bit from each, from your Venmo. It's like donors choose. It's like you get to yes. pick a classroom, Yes, yeah. <laughs> but it's a, it's a Twitter feed. Um, yeah. cash app, by the way, is owned by square. Just so you know. Oh yeah. Venmo is owned by PayPal. Yeah. Oh, that all makes sense then. It's all, God, everything's owned by everything. It's. <laughs> You yeah. can't get away. It's true. Like I tried to, uh, I tried to do, uh, okay. So because there's potentially this new, um, more contagious strain of COVID in Los Angeles, I decided no more, you know, the, the UK strain. Oh, okay. 70% yeah. more contagious. So, um, I decided no more grocery store shopping, right? I'm not yeah. going in a grocery store anymore. So I, I just, I tried to do curbside with, the, with the Ralphs and it was bad. Uh, I'll find, I'll find a way. Everyone's like, Oh, Amazon fresh. I don't want, I'd like to, I'd like to move around and not use Amazon for one fucking thing. This pandemic, since they're making so much money off of it. I, I do Ralph's delivery. Oh, really? And have, and have done it since March. Okay. And- Sometimes there's hit and miss, but I'm like, we're also getting Andy's mom's groceries delivered Yeah, because we don't want her to go to the grocery store and have not for the last three months. Right. So, um, but they, yeah, occasionally they substitute things poorly and occasionally they forget things, but literally once every 10 deliveries. You know what? It's, it's, uh, so many plastic bags. I hate it. Like, um, I, it's I, actually I, paper. Wait, isn't it paper? Whole Foods does paper. 
Oh, uh, really? Ralph's yeah, might do. Whole Foods is owned by Amazon. Right, right. I do Whole Foods for <sighs> me, I'm afraid. So yeah. uh, I do get some deliveries from Whole Foods. I get some deliveries from Amazon. We also have a glorious 7-Eleven right around the corner from us. Yeah, but you, uh, don't, you don't go in the 7-Eleven, do you? I do. I do. That's because there's, it's, uh, the Seven Eleven has an old timey from when I was a kid, only two customers at a time in. Oh, because of robberies. I don't, okay. I may not live in the greatest neighborhood. Um, <laughs> <Perfectly>. <laughs> it's uh it's all good. Uh, Hey, let's do a break. Okay. And then let's do comic of the week and the ad. Let's do all the things that we possibly can. Yeah. You want to do comic of the week first? Let's yeah. Comic of the week is Eddie Izzard. Eddie um, Izzard. The, she the is great, now eligible. Yes. The great British comedian, Eddie Izzard, uh, uh, came out as trans. Yeah. Um, she's a great she comic. Just, what? She's oh, a yeah. Great comic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's pretty exciting and it's, a. So what an amazing transformation to kind of have to go through in public, you know? Yeah. Uh, if you look at the way she kind of started, you know, it's been like at least 15 years, right? Of yeah. Sort of I think so. heading in that direction. Yeah. Just sort of finding herself and, 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 and thinking about what it all really means and stuff. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm glad she's, uh, I'm glad she's one of ours. Now we can claim her. (laughs) (laughs) Citizenship in the right country. Emphasis on cunt. Come on, Jackie. (laughs) Come on. Let me just, Uh, let me work a Friday late show again, please. (laughs) Uh, everyone. That's what Lori would like for the new year. Uh, she would like to work a Friday late show, which, uh, I I find interminable garbage shows. I really do. You know what I mean? I was just, yeah, I forget who I was talking to. And I said, all Lori Kilmartin wants (laughs) is just six shows in a night. (laughs) You just wants to do six. 15 minute sets. She's not asking for a lot. Love that. But also that thing where you walk into a room and you're like, oh, this is going to be awful. (laughs) And, and then it isn't, that is so fun. Right. Right. You lower your expectations so much that then you then have the most fun show of your entire life. Let me just say that that can happen and it has happened and it uh, sadly will happen again. But I will say that that is not what I look forward to. It (laughs) is. I'm also not looking forward to being in my late fifties doing one nighters again, but uh, that's where I, and it'll, and that, you know what? I'm also, there's part of me actually that is looking forward to that right fucking now. But when yeah. I'm in it, when I'm staying at what is clearly a red roof inn right. from the 1990s, uh, that, <laughs> uh, that has blankets that still for some reason have cigarette burn holes in them. Yeah. Uh, I will not be pleased, but I will again, fight the bitterness that I did in the nineties. <laughs> uh, but in the 2020s, yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. Like, wh- what's, you know, there's a bunch of clubs that won't work me, right? And th- you have some you have some that won't work you. Mm-hmm. And a party's okay. like, well, where do I go from here then? When, when clubs open back up again, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's plenty of clubs that won't work either of us. And so yeah. we just have to find other work. And we will, because as I was told by Vanda Michaels in 1984... 
if you can consistently make a room full of people laugh, you will have work. And yeah, there's enough, always enough yeah. to pay your bills. Yes. And just think we could do ads. <laughs> She's good. Smooth. Well, She's you've had a pa- podcast for 14 years. You know how to do it. Hi, it's me, Dave Hill from before here to tell you about my brand new show on Maximum Fun, the Dave Hill Good Time Hour, which combines my old Maximum Fun show, Dave Hill's podcasting incident with my old radio show, the goddamn Dave Hill show into one new futuristic program from the future. If you like delightful conversation with incredible guests, technical difficulties and actual phone calls from real life listeners, you've just hit a street called easy. I'm also joined by my incredible co-host, the boy criminal Chris Gersbeck. Say hi, Chris. Hey, Dave. It's really great. That's enough, Chris. And New Jersey chicken rancher, Des. Say hi, Des. Hey, Dave. The Dave Hill Good Time Hour. Brand new episodes every Friday on Maximum Fun. Plus, the show's not even an hour. It's 90 minutes. Take that, stupid rules. We nailed it. Let's do an ad, you guys. It's Function of Beauty. Want to do it? Want to read it? Yes. Okay. Oh, wait, hold on. I read the top one. Yes. Uh, Ad copy. Hosts. Please include personal experience. Guys, I'm going to include the personal experience because I love function of beauty. Maybe wait, take that out. I love function of beauty. I got so excited. I used the F word. Um, That's how good it is. Everybody. Yes. I love, I love, I love my, and the F word is function. Yes. (laughs) You had to interrupt my ad copy for that. Yes. I've had it. They're going to drop us, and we deserve it. <laughs> but even so, I will tell you, I love the eucalyptus shampoo. I it's it's my favorite, and I use it. And I want, shoot, I did it again. You bleep that one. You're just so intensely focused I on how great this product all is. Over my hair, and it and uh, I love it. It gets the chlorine out. It smells delicious. My favorite smell. Function of Beauty is dedicated to bringing the world uh, to being the world leader in customizable beauty, offering precise formulations for your hair's specific needs. First, take a quick but thorough quiz. It really is like three little questions and they're super easy to answer. Uh, And tell them a little bit about your hair type and your hair goals. You can also choose a fragrance of your formulations. Every ingredient Function of Beauty uses is vegan and cruelty-free, and they never use sulfates or parabens. So you can also go completely silicon-free. I love that. I love that. Yeah, so just never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed again. Huh? Come on. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash Jackie Laurie to take the quiz, which is very quick, and save 20% off on your first order. So order big that first order and then keep ordering uh, because they like it. But if you use Function of Beauty... (laughs) Functionofbeauty.com slash Jackie Laurie. You'll save 20% off on the first first uh, order. And that applies to their full range of customizable hair, skin, and body products. So do it. Yeah, go to functionofbeauty.com slash Jackie Laurie to get 20% off your order. Yeah. We, okay. We did it. I thought yeah. that was really well done. Uh, I, I thought you skipped a, a section and then you went back. You know what you're doing. Okay, we got it going on. So <laughs> I put my Christmas tree out the 26th. I forgot to water it and it was 
basically Tinder on uh, Christmas, fire Christmas Day. And now yeah. it's sitting on your porch as a fire hazard. It's on the porch. Yeah. But you know what? It'll, it, it can exist there for a couple days and then uh, we throw it out like all the rest of them. Right. Right. Uh, so if we're going to get a dog, I'm going to have to be the one to pull the trigger and I'm scared. So, mm-hmm. um, cause it feels like a lot of responsibility. Uh, and, but, I, but I want to do it, but, uh, just wanted to get that out there cause people keep asking me. So I thought I would just <laughs> fucking tell everyone Look, I want to do it. Yeah. You have a yard. That's great. Yeah. If for some reason you don't feel like walking the dog, you know, you got the yard, the dog will be fine. You can skip a day. No, right? You're not like an apartment dweller where you got to go out twice a day or your dog's going to shit in your house. So <laughs> right. right, right off the bat, you got it going on. Right. And, and, and it'll be fine. I know it'll be fine. I just need to pull the trigger. That's all. Yeah. So other than that, uh, so I did drop off those, that, that gift from Allison with the masks Thank and you. you were watching Pride and Prejudice. Oh my God. That w- I'm sorry. I was like, um, uh, I was startled when you came by, I was like trying to put together, uh, a little bit of furniture, you know, and I, I had like, like that little L, uh, Allen wrench. And, uh, that was, that was, that's a lot for me to be following directions and counting washers, you know, at 16, <laughs> whatever. So, uh, so, th- and then I felt uncomfortable not inviting you in, but of course it's a pandemic. So you can't, so it was just it like, don't whatever. feel yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I, it was a tradition. My mom and my sister and I would always watch the BBC Pride and Prejudice. We had the DVDs, you know, and we'd watch it every Christmas. And then, you know, that kind of went away, obviously. Um, uh, and then uh, this year I decided to watch the Kira Knightley um, version. Yeah. My, Matthew McFadden. And oh, shit. It's, it's not the same. Like they can both exist. I can love them both. (laughs) This one is. They can both exist. Yes. You know, the scene in Pride and Prejudice where, um, so Darcy, uh, they are, they are arguing about, uh, like he's, she's saying you, you broke up Jane and Bingley and he's saying you got, you know, you fucked, you got Wickham wrong and all that. And so that is key. That scene is key in the movie, right? In whatever movie you're going to make of it. Yep. And the one, the one between Colin Firth and Jennifer Ellie. And, um, I think that's how you say her last name in the BBC one's great. It's great. Like they're, they're jumping out of their skin. Right. To try to fuck each other while they're yelling at each other. It's, it's one of those scenes, but the Kira Knightley, Matthew McFadden one was, they were, they were two inches from each other delivering these lines at full force and, and almost, they almost were peeling off each other's skin. They wanted it so badly. Oh my God. I couldn't believe it. Jesus. I've got to see this now. Okay. You do. Wow. Yeah, um, I rented it on iTunes. It was so good. I, in fact, it's so arousing. I don't want to watch that version with my son. We're going to watch the BBC version. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the one you're going to want to watch uh, a different one that doesn't get you thinking what anyway. Yeah. So there's a, uh, there's a romance series that I have read mm-hmm. uh, written by Julia Quinn that they've made into a Netflix TV show. Which one? It's called the Bridgertons. Oh, everyone was saying that that's very Pride and Prejudice-y, uh, and I got to watch it. 
Except, of course, that it was written by Julia Quinn, and it's a romance novel series. And so historically, it has the fuckets. What? For example, it's set, you know, Jane Austen wrote her books mm-hmm. in the early 1800s, right? Right. She did not write Regency romance novels. She wrote novels that, was, that were set Current. during the Regency. Current events, and, yes. Yes. And the Regency, of course, is when George is gone mad, King George has lost his shit because he lost, uh, you know, the colonies and he's got all kinds of problems, right? George the... Uh, I forget which George, George it was. But I, I thought it was more under Victoria's reign, or does it cover the whole that whole era? No, no, it does not. Uh, oh, it, okay. Literally, um, Jane Austen wrote only during the Regency. Okay. And then she died, so um, and, and did not write uh, into Victoria's reign. Uh, okay. But. So Julia Quinn's Bridgerton series is set in 1813, and I watched the trailer, and the trailer, when I'm reading a romance novel, I'm not too concerned about the historical accuracy. (laughs) I can do some skimming. I can just, and she's a very witty writer, Julia Quinn. She's, uh, the the interactions are very funny, Mm -hmm. and um, it's a very sweet, they're sweet books. the fact that this thing is set in 1813 and the first big scene are all of the Bridgerton girls being presented to the queen of what? There's no queen in 1813. There's a king and there's a prince regent. And so Wait, the I, king has a wife though, right? Nope. Oh, what she, happened? She's dead. There is, uh, there's the prince regent and there's the, there's the king and there, that's it. And well, let's just take a second and, and feel this king's pain. He's been widowed, Jackie. I'm okay. saying that if you watch the Bridgertons, uh, don't watch it for history. Watch it. It's part of this thing. It's, it's also very uh, culturally and uh, racially diverse. Mm-hmm. Because of the casting on it, which is which is beautiful, but this is this is something that I want to love, and yet right. I th- I feel like it's there's trouble in this, because I uh, I love the idea of a very racially equal London in 1813. Mm-hmm. The fact is that did not exist. And to portray it in a in a show is, on the one hand, awesome because then everybody gets work, and I love it when everybody works. Uh, but it also sort of whitewashes racism in history because you could say there was no racism. It's like when they they want to take that scene out of Holiday Inn with with uh, the blackface. Well, I think that's very different than casting black actors in in roles that would have been played by white actors only. Like, I mean, what about how do you explain Hamilton then? No, Hamilton Hamilton is is exactly what it is. It was an experiment in casting and it's a beautiful and I think it has led to this this stuff, which I think is out which and like I said, I'm I'm mixed about it cuz I think it's it's really cool. Mm-hmm. That um, some of their suitors are um, black and brown people, yeah. and some of the servants are black, but some of the servants are white, and it's all these, you know, it's you know. Yeah, I, mean, I guess you could put a disclaimer and say Britain was way more racist than it 
than, you know, but it's well, also what, what is acting? It's dress up. It's fun. It's, it is dress up. I want to be, a, I'm going to play a princess. And so, so, right. uh, I don't know. I, I, I do think you can give people, um, people have enough, enough knowledge to know that, you know, maybe this wasn't exactly the way historical London was, but it's fun to see, you know, it's fun to see hot people in corsets. (laughs) All right. And in a waistcoat coat, right? (laughs) Every man, I don't care what your race is. I want to see you in a top hat (laughs) and a shut up. And a waistcoat and a what, whatever those fucking things are. Men look hot a, when they when they dress like cravat. that. Cravat. You want yeah. guys wearing cravats instead of ties? All right, get on it, yeah. Kyle. All right. Yeah. All right. Everybody. Everybody. It's well, fun. it no, yeah, and it's super fun and it is very interesting, and it's it's. I just have this weird sort of knee jerk. There's there's sort of like when. Spielberg took the guns out of the hands in ET and put uh, walkie talkies in. Uh, he, he recut ET Spielberg did to take the FBI agents didn't have guns in their hands. They had walkie talkies. Yeah. And then, uh, he decided that that was weird and then he put them back. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, if you think about colorization, Ted Turner and colorization, you know, uh, was it Jay Leno had the definitive colorization joke, which was that they colorized the first 10 minutes of the wizard of Oz. Uh, which is a funny, funny joke. Funny. Um, had one. That's good. <laughs> now, now he was, listen, he was great on Letterman. He was always great when he was on Letterman. Right. Back and, and this was when he was subbing for Carson. Yeah. So, and not so Carson Daly. Please look all. into it. Jackie, it's just a joke about a comic. It's not a statement or a, a stance, actually. So everyone, please shut the fuck up. No, no. Up. <laughs> now, you're riffing because I know why, and we all know why, because you support... Uh, wait, hey, 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 hey. Okay, okay. We get it. Yeah, you're we good people. It. You're good people. We, we get it. Um, it's a funny so, fucking joke. I but, don't think... Uh, I, 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 think I, I don't think going back to correct things... Well, I don't know that colorization, uh, you know, that's a filmmaker discussion, but like to, to, you know, there's some films you just can't, a lot of films you can't just like our act, like our act 20 years ago, I can't go back and correct it. Right. I can't like go Ooh, take that joke out. Now you just go, that's a snapshot of me at that time. This is a snapshot of Spielberg at that time of America at that time. You, you know, if you're act, if you have stuff in your act or you stuff from, you know, any sort of pop culture 20 or 30 years ago, and it did well, then that's, that's, that's what we were working with. We're all working with an audience, right? Right. So, but this is now just a casting thing of, you know, I think it's different to just be putting actors in a film that you're making that you wanted to look a certain way that I think it's a separate issue than from, uh, it's, like yeah, it's like three or four separate issues in yeah. my head that I'm, that I'm conflating the right. hell out of, but Maybe. I will say that, um, a snapshot of your act from the early nineties, I think would involve a Catholic schoolgirl outfit. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody emailed me. They were like, isn't she the one I used to wear? That's Catholic schoolgirl outfit. Listen, it I was, was like, one- picture i didn't wear it on stage right and it was before fucking britney spears did it by the way and i'm sure this guy was touching himself to it and i didn't need to hear it that's where (laughs) i was and hey let's do another break for max fun 
Well, hello, I'm Renee Colvert. Hi, I'm Alexis Preston, and we are the hosts of Can I Pet Your Dog? And we got breaking news, we got an expose, and all the beans have been spilled via an Apple Podcast review that said, this show isn't well-researched. Well, yeah, no duh. Of course it's not. Not since the day we started has it been well-researched. Guessing and anthropomorphizing dogs is what we do. The Can I Pet Your Dog promise is that we will never do more than 10 seconds of research before telling you excitedly about any dog we see. I'm going to come at you with top 10 enthusiasm, minimal facts. We're here for a good time, not an educated time. So if you love dogs and you don't love research, well, <laughs> you know what? Come on in to Can I Pet Your Dog podcast every Tuesday on Maximum Fun Network. <laughs> Okay, we're back. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, there's so many, there's like a lot of different things. Like I also saw, um, what did I, what did I, I saw Wonder Woman and there was trouble, but I do, the thing is, is so Patty Jenkins uh, co-wrote Wonder Woman with Jeff Johns and I love Jeff Johns uh, as a comic book Johns. writer. He's a comic book writer. I think, I I think I've read his green lantern and his Aquaman. Um, and they were both great. And he, I think he wrote Superman too, but I can't remember, but he's, but he's incredibly prolific and, and I've, uh, and I've enjoyed a lot of his stuff. Mm -hmm. And then Patty Jenkins, she did a really good job on the first Wonder Woman. I thoroughly enjoyed it, but DC has this different vibe with superhero movies that, did the, the Disney take over? Wonder Woman wasn't associated with Disney, the first one? No, no. Wonder Woman is DC. Uh, Disney owns Marvel. Oh, I, okay. All right. Sorry. So DC Warner is like Brothers. Batman. Yeah, yeah. And and so like the good the good DC movies for me are the Harley Quinn movie and Shazam and um and the first Wonder Woman movie, and I didn't mind Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Uh, those those incredibly dark Batman's were well done, but they were a little too dark for me. Uh, so, but the uh, but the second Wonder Woman, it had some really great. You know, she's really good at war movies. That mm-hmm. Patty Jenkins, and she's she just got hired to direct uh, Rogue Squadron, which is a fighter pilot movie for Star Wars. Cool about the rebel Alliance, uh, uh, an X-wing rogue squadron. So, but it's interesting cause she is a little bit younger than us, but she's our same age kind of. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you could see in her writing and her directing and her portrayal of strong women, what, you know, I, or may I'm, I'm probably extrapolating on this completely, but I can see kind of where, how where she was hurt like where she <laughs> oh man you could if you watch all of our our acts you can see where we were hurt oh, right right i could see how oh, she, how embarrassing the way she course corrects the way she the, the way this the way wonder woman is portrayed in this thing you're like oh the the way che- cheetah the 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 bad the bad guy is is portrayed in this thing a woman by the way a woman character with has to have three fucking doctorates and she's supposed to have no self esteem and i'm like mm, don't buy it <laughs> anyway Kristen wig yeah yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and once, and once she makes her wish, she's amazing. So, uh, sorry for the spoilers, but uh, on the whole, I liked it. What you should know is that, is that I like a superhero movie and if someone has a lasso and they can lasso lightning, I'm fucking there. I don't know if you <laughs> know this about me, but I'm on board. And, but it was, there was, there was definitely some weird woman stuff where you're like, okay, all right. I wish. I wish you weren't 
I, I wish there was more power, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and, and maybe there will be in the next one, but I think, Pat, cause I think Patty Jenkins is great, but, um, but I, but I could see the, the problems that some people had with some of it. So I, I wonder like after you direct a film, how many hours of footage you have that you're going to, you got to get down to two hours. Right. And it's, it's so, it's gotta be so hard to continually try to have fresh eyes on your own on your own thing that you're no kidding to, you know geez do you know who probably has super fresh eyes right now mm. you on your album how's that coming oh i turned it over to 800 pound and uh i walked away uh with the well the car exploded behind me they yes <laughs> that's what i wanted to hear outstanding that's that's awesome i'm psyched to hear it so uh, yeah hey, where are we at kyle just out of curiosity we got Nothing, no, about no. six minutes left no real reason just wondering <laughs> um so <laughs> Um, I started reading, uh, this book called church end by this guy named Colin Broderick. He's a, he's a writer from Northern Ireland and <laughs> come on now. Of course he is. Yes. But it's, it's about, a it's about, a a kid who, a, a Northern Irish Catholic who goes to London to hunt the killer of his brother, you know, Sure. Because uh, Margaret Thatcher had shoot to kill orders, I guess, uh, with the with with Irish, <laughs> just like yeah, shoes yeah. a fucking pill. Oh, it's gonna work, right? So, uh, so <laughs> I start, so I'm like, that one's moving very quickly, and I'm still reading this book called uh, I think it's called Above Us, The Milky Way, and it's about it's it's like reading dreams. Uh, so I can only read a couple pages at a time, and then I gotta I gotta sit back and think about it. Uh, it's, 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 it's from the woman, her name's Fauza, F-O-W-Z-A. I don't know her last name off the top of my head in the books in the other room, but, um, she's, a she's from Afghanistan. And so it's about, uh, a, a family that relocates, assuming, uh, without saying to the United States, I'm assuming in the U S and, uh, everything they leave behind and, you know, just the, you know, I think I've talked about it before, right? It, it's, you yeah. know, things, something we'll never or I'll never experience that sort of, I assume, you know, unless the U.S. really goes down a hole of, of living under an authoritarian state where they just, they just grab, they just grab your family for various reasons. Although some people live on, in that state in the U.S. as well. Anyway, it's right. really a good book, but it doesn't it doesn't follow a you know like an you know a marching orders linear path, and so it's a hard one to read a lot of at once. That's all. Yeah, yeah, I bet that it sounds super intense. Andy's reading this book about ethics in in video games, uh-huh. and it's kind of blowing his mind. But he can only read about six pages at a time. Oh, really? And he just sits there and thinks about. <laughs> And I just sent my dad a book about, it's called Black Maestro, Mm -hmm. and it's about the first black jockey to win the Kentucky Derby in the 1930s. I have not read it. Essentially, I've sent my father homework, but, uh, but I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, you know, he likes horse racing and, um, and I know that, uh, he, he likes the (laughs) thirties. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me, you know, uh, 
Gianmarco Ceresi, do you know him? He's a comic from New York. So he posted a like a screenshot of like his his grandpa was a banker who shot himself in the 30s or something by, by accident. Oh, and that reminded me of uh, these articles my uncle found on on his uncle or who would be my great uncle, whose name was Red Joe Dowling, and he was a gambler, and he at one point had amassed two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars in the 20s from horse races and stuff. Um, and he shot himself on the banks of the uh, yacht club in Albany, New York. And these two young girls found his body. And apparently like, you know, the, the, one of the lines in the article was like, he had borrowed $2,000 and was supposed to pay it back, but he had not met the man. <laughs> like they didn't even describe the person he borrowed from as a banker. It was just <laughs> it was like, oh boy, this is not good. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's so yeah. so yeah. I wish I should send those articles to your dad because this this is a real guy who. Uh, oh yeah, you know, our, there was family, a, Every once in a while, we have a generation. There's one generation that goes wild in my family, and you know. the last one I sent him was about the crew team, the the Nebraska crew team from um, the 1938 Olympics, and. Mm -hmm. Nebraska, not known for their crew team, and what uh, I don't know if they're on the Kearney River, uh, learning how to skull, skull mm -hmm. whatever that is. And uh, but the thing is, my father, it was essentially just these this pile of Nebraska corn farm boys uh, dashing off to Berlin in 1938, and. Um, doing really, really well and just getting a lot of shit from Yale and Harvard and all the, and Dartmouth. Oh, and really? All the, yeah. All the East coast. They were like, you guys can't crew. And they're like, watch us. We've been pulling our own plows for a decade or whatever. So wait, they were at the 36 Olympics. Yeah. Was it 36? I'm sorry. Yeah. So they were yeah. at the 36 Olympics and my dad says the book was amazing. He read oh. it twice. Yeah. Cool. Um, well they had to have made the team. So it must've been the Olympic trials, right? Where they, they were. Yeah, I think it was just sort of the backstory of of each of these young men, and then and then wow. sort of what happened when they went to Berlin. So it was kind Good. of great. keep your dad busy in the house. You know, yeah. don't let yeah. him leave. Is is he in an apartment? Yeah. Oh and, uh, my God! Did I send you that article? Okay, two COVID articles. First okay. of all, this one on sleep is really good. Oh, and. Yeah. So uh, it's in the Saw Atlantic, that. you can find it. Uh, but the, there's a melatonin, like they're giving melatonin to COVID patients in the hospital, right? And melatonin is over the counter and you can, it doesn't, it's not harmful and um, helps you sleep, you know, ho hopefully helps you sleep. But there's a melatonin doctor in the article who uh, takes 70 milligrams a night. <laughs> and I, I thought I was like hitting a limit a at 10. Yeah. So I've been taking 20 a night. Um, but I mean, I could take more apparently, it, who knows? But the other thing for apartments, so there's something called, you know, um, you're always supposed to uh, cl close the toilet lid before you flush it just because stuff sprays, right? You know that, right? Uh, we do it because uh, the agreement is that everybody should have to pick up the toilet lid. Correct. Uh, okay. So, yeah. But that, but the reason the, wa the water will spray fecal matter all over your bathroom, right? But guess okay. what? In apartment buildings, sometimes the way the plumbing is, it's spraying other people's fecal matter in your in your bathroom. So make sure your dad. You, I don't know what the plumbing situation is, but make you sure you also don't know the conversation situation. How do I bring this up? But they found there was an apartment building in maybe North, South Korea uh, where. Uh, like a family on one floor had infected somebody like three floors down 
via the toilet flushing. So just close the lid. And if you're in a build, an apartment building, maybe wear a mask when you go into your bathroom, maybe just now for the next couple of weeks, because it's a much more contagious strain is out there and the vaccines are coming and you only have to act this weird for a few, a few more months. I yeah. I like that. I like, you only have to act this weird for a few more months. That That is actually <laughs> something I can hear myself saying to my dad. Okay. Good. So, yeah, that's a good one. Anyway, I'm going to go away now. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.